God bless you and welcome to New Vision Podcast. Our message today is being delivered by our senior pastor, Will Pena. God bless you and enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. All right, I want I want us to wake up. So I want to, I want us to give God a clap of hands as loud as we possibly can. Come on, so we can wake up a little bit. I know that. Uh, Thank you guys. Uh, for some of us, that hour was so precious that we lost last night. Um, I kept waking up believing I, I missed the alarm. I'm like, oh my God, I got to go to church. And it's like 4.15 in the morning. Um, but uh, we're happy to be in the house of the Lord. Are you, are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Is there joy? The Bible says that we must enter his courts with with thanksgiving, enter his, his, his gates with praise. As we come, like Marianne was saying, um, I don't know if it was this service or the previous service, it's really not a routine. We truly come here because there is a need uh, in our hearts to worship him and to worship him corporately. There's a difference between worshiping him just in the comfort of your home or you know, in your car or, or in the shower than worshiping him uh, corporately. So it, it's, it's a pleasure for us to be here. Uh, we missed you guys last weekend. Um, I know that uh, Pastor Tracy delivered a word over the room. I'm gonna ask you questions about it to make sure you, you paid attention, because I heard it, so I know what he spoke about. Uh, but we were, we were in the DR, uh, let me just say Dominican Republic. I know people with DR, what that stands for, but you know. Detroit re-entry, re-entry? No, no. DR. We were in the Dominican Republic and we were celebrating uh, my parents' ministry. Uh, the church was turning 25 years old and uh, we were there and, I, and I, I was able to grab some pictures I want to show you guys. Yeah, there's Pastor Will right there. Um, uh, yeah, let's see how many we have. Three or four? Awesome. Just wanted to share a little bit of, of, of what happened, and it's a blessing. Uh, I was telling the morning crowd, thanks, Greg. It, it's a blessing to know that we were part of something that initially didn't seem much, but to see the numbers in the thousands today is amazing. And uh, to know something that started just in our living room, just believing a word that God said, not even to me, to my dad, and believing that he was going to see it through. I was telling um, Esteban outside today that the promises of God, you have to endure them. Like, it may seem small. The Bible says do not despise small beginnings because we tend to see the small and we're like, there's no way this can turn into that. And... Um, like I was there, Marianne was telling me, you're, you're so emotional because I, I just kept crying because I was like, this is unbelievable. Think about it. It was, it was Alan, me, my sister uh, Patricia, and my parents in our living room. And today see thousands of people are like, this, this ain't right. <laughs> like, and a lot of people come to me and be like, oh, you know, I remember when you were, and I'm like, I don't remember you, but, but I praise God that, you know, God did something, and, and a lot of people come, and, but it was weird because I had to do some TV, 
weird. Uh, I mean, I really don't enjoy that kind of attention. And I was like, you know, what do I do with this mic and the cameras? And, and, but all of that is just fluff. Well, the important thing is out of believing God and believing a word he gave and acting upon it, which we're going to talk a little bit about today, God can do it. God can really do it, but the problem is that we don't believe he can do it. Like we say it, but we don't truly, truly believe. And I praise God for my parents for sticking it through, even when it seemed like, okay, this isn't going nowhere. And today, today, now it's the land of milk and, and honey. It was, it was rough when we started. Uh, Island can just sometimes no food, sometimes no, no shelter. We, are, we, we moved into a home with with no walls, with no floor, with, with no ceiling. And to see what God has done today, we used to meet outside and they have a huge building, they own land. And I'm like, I tell the people there now, it's like, y'all got it good. Y'all have AC in the building. Are you kidding me? We were in the heat, we were putting blocks outside, but you know, they're reaping benefits. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's your season <laughs> to enjoy what we sowed. But I'm, I'm just grateful um, that God gave us the opportunity. But all in all, I really missed being here. And, I, and, I, and this is home for me, and I missed you guys. And, uh, but I know that uh, for the Spanish service, Pastor Belarmino delivered the word. And for us here, we had Pastor Tracy come, and I know God did something. And uh, today we wrap up Waymaker. And it seems that Waymaker has been the longest series of all time for, I hope that yeah is a good thing, um, for New Vision. And I don't know what it has done to you, but it has challenged me at a different level. Because I always was, I was under the impression that God will always make a way from heaven through himself. But now I understand that he wants to make a way using me. So... The way he makes a way is by using us to make a way. And, you know, as we prepare to close this series, I, I truly pray that it challenges your way of thinking, your way of believing God for something more. I share that DR testimony as just as that, as a testimony that what may seem as just five pieces of bread, you know, two fish, insignificant, God can't really do much. Today, there's a sea of people praising God because someone believed. So let me pray so we can dig right into the word. I'm going to ask you just to, to close your eyes and, and join me in prayer. Lord, we are grateful for who you are and what you're doing uh, in this room. And I, I am grateful to be here and be back with my family. And I just pray that this word today just challenges us to the core, Lord, and I, I pray that you give me the wisdom to deliver it in the same way that you revealed it to me. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And I want us to go to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 4. So it may take you forever. Well, no longer. People have an app, so you can just type it or search it. And you can look, look here in the screen and uh, let's get right into the word. We good to go? We good to go? All right, cool. Let's start. So 2 Kings 4, verse 1, it says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elijah. In other words, this guy was a church member, right? 
He was from the company of the prophets, so he was involved in ministry. We got that? He says, your servant, my husband, a man of God, your servant, my husband is dead and you know that he revered the Lord. In other words, he adored the Lord. He loved the Lord. He's dead though. And now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Let me just make a parenthesis here. Just because you're spiritual doesn't mean you're good with money. Just because you're spiritual doesn't mean that you know how to budget. Just because you can pray in tongues doesn't mean you're good with what the Lord has given you. <laughs> this man was a man of God, yes or no? And he was so in debt that the only thing that they can use to pay back was, was their children. I can imagine the amount of debt that he had. Touch your neighbor and say, there's nothing spiritual about being smart. <laughs> you're either good with your money or you're not. That's what I'm saying. Verse 2. So Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Let me just pause right here. I think the man is going to bring out his checkbook. Right? Bring out his credit card. How can I help you? I would have been like, hey, listen, I owe $18,000. Can you spot me at least for 15? I'll get the three. How can I help you? Right? And I was sharing this morning that one of the things that my mom does is that she answers the questions that she asked me. I don't know if it happens to you, but my mom would call and say, Ustedes también, ¿verdad que sí? I was like, you're, you're asking me or, or, or you're a lot. Are you guys good? You guys good, right? What if I say no? <laughs> like, so he asked her, you know, how can I help you? And I would have been this woman, my eyes would have, I mean, this is the moment. How can I help you? I have a debt. How can you help me? With with money, it's simple. It's nothing spiritual about that. How can I help you? And he's like, no, he didn't even let her answer. He says, what do you have in your house? Not in the neighbor's house. What do you have in your house? She says, your servant has nothing there at all. So the first thought that comes to our mind is that we have nothing to offer. Your servant has nothing there at all. I can imagine that this, this man was, 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 was selling everything before, before he passed to pay. So there's nothing in the house. She didn't say there's a sofa, there's a There is nothing at all. Then she said, except a small jar of oil. Elijah said, go around and ask all of your neighbors for empty jars. Everyone say empty. Empty jars, don't ask for just a few. Don't ask for a couple, don't ask just, ask for a lot. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all of the jars and as each is filled, put, put, it, put it to the side, put it one to the side, whatever it says there. She left them and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept on pouring. When all the jars were full, she replied to her son and said, bring me another one. But he replied, mama, there is not a jar left. Then 
the oil, it stopped flowing in. Let me give you some context about this miracle really quick. So Elisha, he inherits the anointing from Elijah. So Elisha is going about his business being a prophet. And before this miracle, if you read 2 Kings 1, 2, and 3, you would see that he performed some miracles for three kings. So he's doing miracles for big people. And after he does some miracles for the, for the kings, he does some miracle, uh, he, does a, he performs a miracle for a very wealthy woman. And this, this miracle is like sandwiched in the middle because it may seem that is, is irrelevant, but I praise God that even in the little, God can bless our lives. Even what appears not enough, remember that message? It's more than enough in him. And, and Elisha makes a stop, and one of the things that he does is he asks her, what do you have at home? I've always said this, whatever God has, whatever expectation God has from you, he already has placed it in you. Whatever God is asking you to do, he wouldn't ask you if it wouldn't be already in you. So if you, if you think that the demand is too high, it's not too high. That oil is already in you. The thing is that our perspective is that it's not too much or nothing at all. In her case, her first instinct was to say there is nothing. And I think that one of the mistakes that we make is believing that what we have is nothing. See, and I'm going to give you three things. I can give you 10, but I, you know, preaching 101 is that when you make your message, you got to have three points. That's the first thing they tell you in seminary. In seminary, they'd be like three points. And if you're doing more than three points, you're doing too much. So I'm just going to give you three points that God revealed to me uh, from this message but I want you to share with your neighbor the title of my message today. And the title of my message today is, Is Your Jar Ready? Ask your neighbor, Isaiah, is your jar ready? I was about to ask Dash. Dash is back here. Is your jar ready? And like I said, I'm going to give you three points. And let me kick off with my first point. It is, check your oil. Check your oils. It is very possible that we're taking for granted what the Lord wants to do in our lives because we believe it's too small. See, our first instinct is to not even mention it. See, what the enemy wants to do, is the enemy can't steal your, your oil because he didn't give it to you. The only thing the enemy can do is make you believe it's not enough for you not to use it. So we see people that go week after week, month after month, year after year in church and do nothing for the Lord because they believe their oil is too small. Their oil is too insignificant to be used by the Lord. And so they sit on their oil and the enemy steals the value of your oil because you don't use it. And what's funny is that Elijah, his predecessor, he... 
He had a, there was a miracle in 1 Kings, I believe it's chapter 18, that he sends his servant out because the Lord promised that it was going to rain. Y'all remember that miracle? And he, serves his, he sends his servant, he said, go out and let me know what you see. There's nothing. Go out and let me know what you see. There's nothing. Go out and let me know what you see. And we get the point, Will. But the point of this is that when he finally sees something, it happens, what happens to many of us is the same answer he gave, is that, well, there is something, but it's small, like the size, the size of a man's hand. And what he didn't know is that it wasn't the size of the cloud that was going to determine the size of a miracle. The same way that the amount of oil doesn't determine the flow of the oil. See, what can seem insignificant, it, it's powerful in the Lord's hands. And I think that one of the reasons why we don't check our oil is because we have become experts in checking other people's oil. See, what has happened is that social media, the explosion of the internet, the exposure people have make you believe that what you have is not enough. So you look at another marriage and you look at another family and you're like, man, look at that picture. Look at those kids. Look how much they love each other. See, what you don't know is that 15 to 20 minutes before that picture, there was a talk about divorce. There was a talk about giving those children up for adoption. There was a talk of we can't do this anymore. See, we fall in love with people's highlight reel because we can't see their behind the scenes. See, and, and what, ha what has happened is that the enemy has made us believe that everyone has it together and you're the only one that's messed up. Yeah. So you can't be open about what you're going through because you're the outcast. So my oil is not enough, but oh my God, Lucy's oil is so shiny. And we don't, we don't verbalize this, we don't vocalize this, we don't say this, but the way we live our lives is believing that what we carry is not enough. Y'all still with me? Because y'all a, a little quiet. I just came from thousands of people, so I need y'all to talk to me. See, and what's happened is that the trap of comparison has made us believe that the oil that the Lord has given us is not enough. See, her first instinct was to say, I have nothing. And we're like, oh, Lord, I want to use you. But you're like, I don't, I don't have anything to offer. And then you're like, Oh, well, yeah, I, I can serve, or yeah, I could preach, but I'm not. So the first thing is that we need to check our oil, and when was the last time you did some inventory at home? Because the prophet didn't ask her to find out what the neighbor has in his house. The prophet asked him, what do you have at home? What has the Lord given you to do? See, and we look at other people, we look at other ministries, we look at other men and women of God and be like, my stuff is insignificant because that gift is so shiny. And what the Lord is like, what I have given them, I've given them. What I've given you, I've given you. And it's more than enough because I gave it to you. So the first thing is that you need to check your oil. Tell your neighbor, check your oil. Take it over to Jeffrey and, che and check your oil. What leads me to point number two? 
The oil only flows when it's poured. The oil only flows when it's poured. If you pay attention to this passage, at the end of the passage, this woman has a room full of jars that are full of oil when she had nothing. See, the blessing came when it started to pour. We, our prayer is always, God, give me more. God, if you gave me more money, if you gave me more influence, if you gave me more love, if you gave me more uh, access, if you gave me more power, if you gave me more authority, and the Lord's like, I can't give you more because you don't pour the little one that you have. The oil started flowing when she poured it. See, and many of us are sitting on our gifts, and many of us are sitting on the thing that the Lord wants to do, and we're asking, Lord, give me more, give me more. And he's like, you're not pouring the little bit that you have. See, I talk to people all the time, and, and, if, you, and, and if you've asked me this, I've probably given you, given you this answer before. If you feel that you are stuck in your Christian walk, oh, I'm not growing, I, I have the perfect solution for you. Start to serve people. If you feel that you're stuck, oh my God, and I'm not growing spiritually, and no new vision is not serving me, I got a job for you. I'm going to give you five telephone numbers. No, I'll take that back. I'm going to give your telephone number to five people that I know that are super needy, and I'm a be I'll bet you that you grow. I'll bet you you'll, you'll never feel bored in your Christian walk. That phone's going to ring at one, two, that text is going to come, and then it says, call me now, 911, and you're like, what the heck is going on? Well, my feet hurt. Oh, like, I just walked out of my job believing that you were in the hospital. When you start pouring yourself onto others, God can make the oil flow. As long as you're sitting, waiting for the Lord to give you more, he's not going to give you more if your oil is stagnant. Why would the Lord give you more if you're not pouring out yourself to others? See, the math with God is always different. It says, the person, if you, if you want to uh, gain your life, you must, you got to love your enemy. See, the, the, the way that the Lord operates is not logical. It seems like it's backwards at times. So you may think to yourself, if I only have a little bit, see, we're poor because we don't pour. And I'm not talking about only financially. I'm talking about relationally. I'm talking about in the, living in the overflow. I was singing that song and I was crying because I was like, I'm really in a season in my life that I'm living in the overflow. And it has nothing to do with finances. The Lord knows. <laughs> I'm just living in the overflow of life because I am constantly, every single day, my life journey is to pour myself onto others. And I have understood and we have understood that the more we pour, the more it flows. The more it pours. Something as simple, two weekends ago, I believe, I saw someone that gets a service that we get in the same place. And when I was walking out, I saw this person in this place, and when I was walking out, getting in my car to leave, the Lord said, I need you to pay for that person's service. I was like, all right, Lord, if you say so, I will. Uh, this is not something, if you say so, I will. 
I called the business owner. I said, hey, listen, you have someone there? Um, and he, he's getting a service done, and the Lord told me that I need to pay for it. How much is it? Pouring, pouring, and I paid for it. I was like, the Lord, you make a way. That was a Saturday. Sunday, we're leaving church, and I'm like, Mary Ann, what are we going to eat? And at the moment that I said, Mary Ann, what are we going to eat? My phone rings. And somebody called us and said, what do you guys want to eat? I'm going to take you food. Less than 24 hours right after. Because when you pour, the oil flows. When you pour, the oil flows. And, and I see, and I, and, and I sense in my spirit how many of us come Sunday after Sunday and like, I don't see my life advancing. Are you pouring yourself? Because the Lord is, he, he, he's not a man to lie. If you want to see advancement in your life, if you want to see the Lord start doing things that are not normal in your life, start pouring. Start pouring. Bring on, bring on those empty jars and start pouring, start pouring. What it seemed to be insignificant, it was so insignificant that she forgot about it. She said, I have nothing. And I think that the Lord sometimes demands things from us and our first answer is like Lord but if I do that I'm not going to have for this Lord if I give of my time there I don't have my time for my children or my marriage oh my marriage needs time and the Lord's like poor 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 and when we were in DR I, I had a conversation with my dad I, had a, I took some time and spoke to my dad and my dad was like well, all my life, I've given it to ministry. My dad had just coming now on 42 years of ministry. 25 years at New, Vi uh, New Vision. 25 years at Grace and Power. And he said, Will, all that you see, everything that you see, it's just been the Lord. He said, he, he, he told us, he says, I'm not smart. He says, I'm not extraordinary. He says, actually, I'm a very ordinary man. I'm not, I'm smart, I'm not intelligent. I've just poured myself onto people. And I just keep pouring, and God keeps increasing. They keep pouring, and God keeps increasing, and that. And I stood in the front, we were, we were sitting in the front. By the way, it gets weird when it's preferential treatment, it, that, that, that creeps me out, by the way. And we're brought to the front, and there's a security there, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? And, but to look back and to see this, I was like, Lord, you're so good. But there was a principle attached to that, and the principle is pouring. If you want the oil to flow, you got to pour yourself. If you want relationships to flow, friendships to flow, are you pouring yourself onto your friends? Are you pouring yourself onto your church? Are you pouring yourself into your finances? Tell your neighbor it only when it pours, when, it, when it's poured. It, it only flows when it's poured. It only flows when it's poured. <laughs> See, and I believe that many of us have stopped pouring and it's not flowing and we're upset at God because we want more <laughs> and God is not giving us more 
and we're stuck in between like, do I get mad at God or do I really know what's going on here? <laughs> See, he won't give you more unless you pour more. In verse 3 of 2 Kings chapter 4, you still with me? Yes. It says, Elijah says, go around and ask all of your neighbor for the, uh, neighbors for the empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. He was able to perceive that she had a poverty mentality, right? Because he asked her and she said, we have nothing. So he's like, eh, if I tell her to ask, she's going to ask for a couple of jars. Says, Go around and ask all your neighbors, not the neighbor could take a lot, you know, all of your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few because when the way maker gets involved, he does exceedingly, like the word says, and abundantly above all we can ever ask or even think. And in verse 5, such a key verse, she left them and shut the door behind her and her sons. She acted on the word. I said a few weeks ago, it serves the Lord nothing if he parts the Red Sea and we don't walk through it. She could have received the word of the Lord and said, like, oh, thank you so much. I'm going to pray for this jar of oil. See you later, prophet. The Bible says she left them. Like, thank you for your word, but you got to stay outside too. And she shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her. What's funny is that, like, every mom, she sent the kids to go do the, <laughs> to go do the work. Hey, y'all heard the prophet. Y'all go outside and ask for jars. I was like, no, the word was for you, mom. She sent the boys to go and get the jars. Parents, you got to make your kids participant of the miracle. If they don't want to come, they got to come. If they don't want to pray, they got to pray. Our boys, they know this. Every morning, like drill sergeants, we have devotional. They, they're at a point now that they get, and we're not going to do kids for ki keys for kids. Like, yeah, we're going to do keys for kids. So many resources that you have available. At, if we don't do that, it's because we're lazy. Jessica and Isaiah, Josiah's coming soon. You got to instill that into him. You got to make your kids participant of the miracles. In other words, hey, y'all better get these jars because your life, we read verse 1, your life depends on it. I don't know if y'all hear what I'm saying. Yeah. See, you got to get involved in the flow of what the Lord wants to do because your life, because the creditor, the enemy wants your life. So you need to be involved in the flow of the oil. The oil represented the flow of the Holy Spirit. And I need you to get involved in that flow because your life, dear son, depends on it. And what's crazy is that she shut the door behind her and we're, we're living in a era that everyone, would, everyone would, wants public validation. We want to be publicly recognized for our service, for our giving, for our intelligence, for our resources. And I believe the Lord wants to flow and the Lord wants to fill your jar, but he wants to do that in private. See, he didn't tell her, hey, listen, go to the front so everyone can be and everyone can take pictures and everyone, someone can do a live and be like, look at the multiplication of the oil. He said, no, shut the door behind you. See, there are some miracles in your life that you need to start shutting people off of it. There's some friendships you need to shut off. Sometimes what you need to shut off is, is your mouth and you need to shut up. 
and let the enemy and, 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 and take the enemy out of your house, shut the door behind you. No one else partakes on what's going on here because it's the flow of the Holy Spirit. See, the oil in the, in the Old Testament represented the Holy Spirit. If, if you remember the miracle or remember the, the, the episode in which this woman breaks her alabaster box and she pours her oil onto the feet of, of, of Jesus and, and, and she, she, she uh, wiped his feet with her hair. The Bible says that the aroma, that the Holy Spirit filled the room because the oil was flowing. She poured, so it flowed. See, it's a principle, it's a principle in the word. He, he poured his blood on the cross and salvation flowed onto us. There's, 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 there's something attached to pouring that consequently will flow. And the Bible says that they kept, they kept bringing jars and she kept pouring. She kept pouring. She kept pouring. When you feel that it doesn't matter, when it feels that what I have is not enough, close the door and start pouring. When it feels that what you're doing is not making an impact, close the door and keep pouring. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says this. This is Paul speaking, and he says, but we have this treasure in jars. There's that word again. In jars of clay to show that this is all surpassing power that is from God and that is not from us, which leads me to my last point. When your jar is ready, the oil will flow. See, there was two requirements for the oil to flow. Number one is for the jar to be available, and number two is for the jar to be empty. See, God can't fill something that's already full. The requirements, he said, go get empty jars. Only the empty ones were the ones that were, that qualified to be available. And I think that one of the dangers of walking this walk, if you've done it for a long time, is believing that you're full. I was telling the Spanish congregation that my morning prayer is like a routine, is God empty me. Empty me and fill me up again, but empty me, empty me. I never want to be full. Because the moment you're full, you're not available for the oil to flow. When your jar is ready, the oil will flow. Family, I believe that we are, we are poised and we have been chosen for such a time like this. I believe that many of us in this room are influencers that are not acting upon that because we believe our oil is too little. We believe that we have nothing or close to nothing and we even forget that we have this oil at home. So when the Lord is asking to use us, we hesitate because we believe that it's not enough. The Lord is saying that it is not enough in your hands. It is not enough 
stagnant, but it's more than enough if you pour it. And I said this a few weeks back, and I really believe this. I believe that this room is full of gifts, full of gifts in the natural and full of gifts in the supernatural realm. But we're looking at it as it is not enough. And I close with this. As we were getting to to leave leave DR and come back home, I was praying. I was, Lord, I thank you for the courage that my parents had to continue to flow, continue to pour for the oil to flow. And I was praying for a new vision. And I was praying because I believe that sometimes we have the mentality that we don't have enough here. And I thought that we, were, we had so much less. We had so much less to see what the Lord is doing today. We have way more. Trust me, we have way more. Way more. The problem is that we're not pouring it. How many people in a daily are you speaking to, Jesus, speaking to them about Jesus? When was the last time you brought someone to the feet of Christ? When was the last time you impacted someone's life with the gospel of Jesus? When was the last time that you took a risk financially to pour yourself onto others? See, we believe it's not enough. I believe that's a word. We don't we're poor because we don't pour. <laughs> I believe God is ready. God is ready to make the oil flow. We just need to be available and pour it. And as I pray for each and every one of you this afternoon already, my prayer is God, allow us to pour ourselves so the oil can flow. If it's not poured out, don't ask for more. He's not going to give you more. That's not even a prophetic word. That's, a, that's, that's reality. If you can't pour yourself with the little bit you have, don't ask for more. Because he's not going to give you more for, more. for what? For you to sit on it? It could either be finances. It could be gifting. Whatever it is. You want more? Start pouring yourself. You want better friendships? Start pouring yourself. If you want better, a, a better marriage, start pouring yourself. If you want to raise children for the Lord, start pouring yourself. You want to see your church better? We all want to see our church better. Start pouring yourself here. You want to see us do more? Start giving more. Start pouring yourself. Believe that the oil will flow. This woman literally had nothing and then and ended up with a house full of jars that were full of oil that came from something that seemed to be insignificant. It was insignificant in her eyes, but it was significant in the Lord's. And as we stand to our feet this afternoon, I want us to just close our eyes. Just for a moment. 
Join us next week for another powerful word. See you soon. Be blessed.